He is a God who knows how to say it is enough. The world doesn't know how to say it's enough. Listen in as I, Grace, dive into what it's like to set unbreakable habits with Carissa Gasky. Welcome back to another episode of the Work Redefined podcast, where we talk to women who are doing it all, but doing it with faith at the forefront. We want to welcome those of you who are new to us. If you're new to our podcast community, we drop a new episode every Tuesday. I want to invite you to commit to your growth and development. Wouldn't it be cool if you listened to every episode this year and made an investment to grow in preventing your burnout and creating more peace and balance in your life? How can you do it? Very simply, just subscribe to our podcast wherever you consume our content. Also, we encourage you to download our burnout prevention guide. It's found in our show notes and we'll send you an email with all the information you need to be a part of our community of leaders. We are going to work really hard to give you some high quality content. And if this is helpful, will you do us a favor? What you can do for us is follow us on social media, write a review, and let's continue to engage with each other. And this is if this episode is helpful, post on it and share it with others. Now let's dive into new content if you're ready to grow. Hello, everyone. I am super, super excited today because I am joined by Carissa Geske. And she, I just met Carissa a couple of weeks ago, and I was just really struck by her fire for God. And she is just so involved in all the things she's doing. And I'm just so excited to have this conversation with her today about faith and how faith interplays into everything that we do. And um, yeah, so Carissa, welcome. And why don't you start by just like telling us more about yourself, like where you work, what you do, like what's life right now like for you? Yeah. Well, Grace, I just wanted to say thank you so much for allowing me to be here um, and have this conversation with you. It's it's genuinely an honor. Um, so a little bit about me is um, I currently work at Fiel Capital as the head of community development. And then I also work at a consulting firm called Trevero, where I'm a leadership coach. So all that to say life is pretty full right now, but um, I try to fill it with good things um, and not too much of the good things, but life looks pretty, pretty full right now. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I know that you're very busy, but we're all very busy. So I think that's the thing that we are all struggling with is how do we fit it all in? And um, so, Chris, I know your career, like you said, I mean, you're head of community development. That means you're in front of people all the time and you're constantly talking to people um, and also being a leadership coach. I mean, you're constantly having conversations about maybe difficult things. But I want to know, tell me a little bit about how you've seen faith really play a part in making those long lasting connections that either with your clients or the community members. And also, I know you're new to the community. So maybe talk about like your transition and how, you know, faith has really played a part in everything right now. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I would say that faith to me in building long lasting connections is genuinely the glue to it all. So something that I'm really passionate about is connecting hopeless people to hope, um, and helping people understand where true peace comes from. Um, 
And yeah, so something that I have in my LinkedIn bio is connecting quality people with quality people. In and of myself, I'm not a quality person. And what I mean by that is my character development has been shaped by the leadership of Jesus Christ in my life and the historical evidence for proof that he was a real human who walked this earth. And so the foundation of being a Christian, not because my parents were Christians, but being a Christian because it's true and you can logically explain that it's true, has fundamentally changed who I am. And so when I say connecting quality people to quality people, I think that there genuinely are extremely quality people out there because of their faith. Um, and there are people out there who um, there's evil in our world. And navigating that is challenging. So the connection piece, it literally all ties to the gospel. I love how you said, you said two great things, connecting hopeless people to hope. Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit more about what you meant by that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Okay. So this is a story that I don't share often because maybe it might feel too personal or I'm not really sure. I just don't share it often. But where that passion comes from is I grew up in just a very um, non-conventional life, like lifestyle. And what I mean by that is my dad is from Fargo, North Dakota, and my mom's from Chiang Mai, Thailand. And I literally essentially grew up between both places. So I was born and raised in Chiang Mai, Thailand, but then my dad his parents, my great-grandparents, my great-great-grandparents, like five generations are from the Fargo area. All that to say, I went to private school in Thailand, and most people think, okay, so you grew up in a third-world country, you grew up in huts. So I did grow up in a village um, where there was poverty everywhere, and then we would commute to school 45 minutes away at a private Christian school. So when I was eight years old, I remember walking down, we had some property and so we would just like play on the property. And I remember just walking down to our pond and I remember thinking like my dad had told us that like budgets got cut. We weren't be able to go back to America for the summertime, which was like our favorite thing to do. And I was like, Carissa, look around you. Like you are poor. Um, You're extremely poor. And I just remember feeling so gutted. I was like, that's right. Like I am poor. I live in poverty. I will never see my grandparents again. I will never see my aunts and uncles again in America. And like literally just took on that hopeless feeling. Mm. Um, And then now that I've gotten older, gone to a lot of counseling, talked to a lot of people and just matured. The difference between poverty and being poor is being in poverty means you lack the resources to get yourself out of your situation. And being poor means you lack, like, you're just, you don't have money. Yeah. That's just a basic version of it. Mm -hmm. I think in that moment, I believed a huge lie. I was like, I live in poverty. But then when I came to know Jesus, I was like, spiritually, And physically, even if you do live in poverty, that's not true because no one lacks the resource to come to know Jesus. Um, Granted, some people might argue that with like places where the Bible hasn't been translated. But what I mean is um, 
I've genuinely felt extreme hopelessness. Um, but my story of finding hope through Jesus Christ and apologetics and stuff like that is something I'm very passionate about. Yeah. I think that's such a beautiful story. And I, I love what you said. When I came to know Jesus, I realized I wasn't poor because you had him there. And I think that it kind of is like a little um, eye-opening uh, statement because for all of us who do have, you know, all of the resources, everything for us, we're not poor or we're not um, in poverty. Like what's holding us back from really like pursuing the Lord because we have him right here. We have all the resources. We have all these groups you can join, all these things you can listen to, like really dive deep into our faith. But like what's holding us back? So I'm interested to know. I mean, so obviously you're you're here, you know, in Fargo, North Dakota. And uh, how are you kind of sticking to that? I mean, obviously there's things you can join, but like, what are you doing to really like dive deep into your faith now? Um, and what have you used from your past, like help you grow into like this faithful, faithful woman you are right now? So I'm going to kind of go in a roundabout way of answering your question. Okay. What I've noticed is it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what family you come from. It doesn't matter what country you grew up. I mean, those things do matter. But as individual beings who have free will, we get to choose and I think a lot of people have the illusion that they don't get to choose. And so they take on this poverty mentality of like, woe is me, or I don't have access, or I don't even know where to start. And so I think that's what birthed the passion of becoming a leadership coach. Because my job as a coach is not to do the work for you. It's to help put tools in your hands to get you from point A to point B. Um, and so helping people see things not from a poverty mentality. And then now how my faith has played into just my literal day layout would be, I just learned really fast that I need to be in the word daily. So what that like practically looks like is at 4 a.m. I'm in the word every morning. And then I go to the gym, get ready for work. And then I'm at work. Um, but yeah, if I'm not in the word or in my local church. Um, so right now I'm going to Harvest Valley. Um, and we're in the word every single Sunday. We have plenty of opportunities to reach out to the local community and also to raise up the next generation through kids church and stuff. There's plenty of opportunities to serve. Um, but because my schedule is so full, I'm not actively serving in that way currently. Um, so right now it just looks like being in the word on a personal level and then choosing to allow my faith to influence my decisions throughout the day. Mm, I like that choosing to allow your faith to influence your decisions. That's so good. Well, and I know because you're a leadership coach and you said, you know, helping it's so interesting because it's like, just from hearing you talk, I mean, you're, you use your past already to like, it's affecting the way you are a leadership coach and what you're doing because helping people see things from a, not a poverty mentality is such a powerful way to think about being a leadership coach. Like it's almost like thinking about the opportunity mindset. If you've heard of that, like thinking about every single thing that happens to you as an opportunity. So I think that's such a cool way to think about it. Um, and that's how we can see everybody. And that's how God saw everything. Everything was good. There's so much good in everything. Um, okay. You also touched a little bit on this 4am thing. And I remember the first time I met you, I left that meeting. And I didn't tell you this, but I left that meeting. And I was like, this girl wakes up at 4 a.m. every single day. 
are you kidding me? How the heck does she do it? And I was just thinking that I was like, <laughs> okay, so what about all of us that cannot do that or don't maybe like mentally that's just like not in our wheelhouse, but like how, how have you started that habit? Like, what does it take for you to be consistent? I mean, what is like, how are you committed to every single day waking up and then jumping into prayer? Like, what is that taking? Is it taking you a long time? How can we become like that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It has taken so much time. I think, oh my gosh, it has taken so much time, so much time. But what I would say is it started off with reading um, Cal Newport's book, How to Become a Straight A Student. And what he talks about in that book is he talks about how high-performing students um, continue to be actively involved in extracurricular um, activities. So he just studied a bunch of people and people asked him, well, why did you, how did you know that these people existed? And he was like, because I'm, I'm one of them. And I know that there's plenty of people out there. So what he did is he was like, take note of who you are and what you need. And he was like, if you study well in the morning, create your routine around that. If you study well in the evening, create your routine around that. Um, but I think that was so powerful to me. So I just went on this journey of two things, explore and discover, explore who I am, explore what I need, and then discover how I can implement that. That sounds super technical, but basically I work really well reading in the morning. And so my time in the word needs to be, needs to be in the morning. Um, my schedule is very full. I work probably 13 hour days, Monday through Friday, um, because I do not work on Sundays and I do not work on Saturdays, like will not. That is a boundary I have. So to get the things done, I need to work 13 hours. Um, but then it shifted from Cal Newport's book to um, Atomic Habits by James Clear, the whole idea of becoming 1% better. Um, and I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me was once you get over the first 90 days and now you're putting in the work, putting in the work and you're not seeing results, don't quit. He was like, shut up and put your reps in. And I think a lot of these past four months, like January, I got hit pretty hard. I was working a lot. And then I got um, bronchitis from getting sick and then projecting my voice all day long. Um, and then that turned into, I got COVID right after that. And then I was flying a lot. And then all of that stuff became walking pneumonia. Um, so I got really sick. That's how I started off the new year. Um, and I was like, I have to keep going. How do I do this? And really listening to your body and what you need and being willing to shut up and put your reps in. What that looked like was I have to perform. So I have to sleep. So at one point I was sleeping like 12 hours a day. Mm -hmm. and sleeping and working and so you have to listen to your body figure out what you need and be willing to shut up and put your reps in I actually love that I need to read that book because I've been hearing so much about it and I think it's on like our bookshelf so I just need to pick it up and read it um but honestly I think that's so good because there's this quote and it's something uh about like God created uh something about God created the birds but he didn't give them the worm or something like that like he created like all of these things but we also still have to, oh it was like 
we still have to work for the things, but also like listening to your body, like you talked about. And we talk a lot about rest on this podcast and how truly that like you will never be your top performer or you never will reach your fullest potential if you aren't taking time to take care of your body. Uh, I had a very similar episode happen to me where I was so sick. I was so sick uh, where I couldn't even leave my apartment because I was so stressed out. And I remember like not listening to my body because we're taught, right? Go, go, go. We're pushing ourselves. We're pushing ourselves. And there is that, there is that beauty in pushing ourselves too, though. Like you said, like once you get over the first 90 days, shut up and keep going. Right. But at what point is that too much? And I think, how do we stop it? And I like to get your insight on this too. I mean, how now, so you know that that happened to you. I mean, your body obviously shut down because it was telling you, okay, this is too much, but how now do you prevent that from happening before it gets there? Because that's the real goal, right? So if I'm just being very transparent, um, so I think I got, okay, I'm a people pleaser through and through biggest sin struggle. Um, and in January, I got some pretty harsh feedback from work Mm. and I internalized it, took it on. And I genuinely think that I got so sick because I didn't know how to manage it well. Um, and so I think knowing what you really struggle with, whether it's sin patterns or just weaknesses and knowing what to do about it, whether to go to counseling or whether it's a coaching issue or whether it's, Hey, I need to go and be with people in community who I can be truly transparent with and not wear a mask and be willing to be real and raw and open and broken in front of people and not allow the fear of judgment to hinder like, Hey guys, this is who I am. Take it or leave it. Like I need help, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, with what you said is I have a lot of structure in my life, like a lot of structure. And I think a lot of people perceive me as a really highly driven, motivated, intense person. And like my siblings, this is horrible. I'm working on it. But people sometimes say that I'm kind of like a drill sergeant and it's like the biggest offender to me. I'm like, no, I'm not. Mm -hmm. Here's why, because like, I'm such a free spirit but I've learned that there's freedom and structure. And so in order to do the things that I really want to do, I have to have some form of structure. So my structure is I meet with myself um, once a year, like away in solitude for six hours. I don't read. I don't talk. I don't like, I literally like book a hotel. Don't bring a book. Don't bring my computer. Don't bring my phone. It's super intense. I just get away. And then I start planning out my next three years, my quarterly goals and all of that. Um, And the things that I um, really hit on are health, love, work, and play. And what these categories need to look like moving forward. Mm. But all of that, Mm -hmm. so all of that to say, the biggest thing that has helped me shut up and put my reps in and listen to my body is planning and then having like a plan for failure like Mm -hmm. things won't go well like life will happen the pandemic will happen covid will happen i will get sick people will get sick family members will pass away like things will happen so planning for the plan not going to plan 
is how I manage it better. Mm -hmm. That reminds me of uh, one of my high school math teachers would always say this. This is so funny that whenever I think of planning and planning to fail, uh, like having all this, he always said, prior, prior preparation prevents piss poor performance. <laughs> and so I always think like by taking, I think that's so interesting that you take a full day, every six hours, whatever, go and sit and just think, because I think we don't do enough of that in our fast-paced world and everything that we're doing. Like, what about silence? And I actually was talking to someone the other day about how when I drive home, so I have a two and a half hour drive to my hometown. And I, for the most part, I sit in silence because I'm like, that's my only time to just sit and think. And I think it's so important. Um, but you also touched on, so to prevent all of these things from happening, getting sick and like our bodies completely shutting down, like, like it happens to a lot more people than I think we talk about, uh, but knowing what you struggle with. And I think without taking that silent time or that time just to sit and actually just be with yourself, you're never going to know. Like you're never going to know and be able to sit and actually reflect on, okay, what, what is going on here? Um, and I think that's really, maybe that's like the key is just like sitting with yourself that we don't do that enough. Um, yeah, I think that's so awesome. Something that I do that is really interesting is so in that six hour period, it's like mm-hmm. pure solitude. Mm-hmm. So I don't think I literally, it's the, it's the most intense thing ever, but it's practicing quieting my mind and being practically mm-hmm. still before the Lord and knowing that he is God. I can do all of this work and put in all of this effort but at the end of the day. Like it is God who has allowed me to be able to do the things that I do. Any good that is in me is because of him. Um, and like, I would be literally stupid to think that I can do all this in my own strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. That is so, can you just talk a little, I'm sure everyone listening is probably going to think the same thing. How do you sit and not think for six hours? <laughs> yeah. So when Especially this, as a woman, I'm, but you know, I mean, I know we're created so wonderfully, but um, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah. So, oh my gosh, it's so challenging. Some people, it's not challenging at all. For me, it's extremely challenging because I'm obsessed with getting things done. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need to. So two weekends ago, I genuinely needed a break from the world. So I just went to the Jasper hotel, even though I live in Fargo, (laughs) North Fargo, Mm -hmm. I went to the Jasper hotel, just booked a room and just sat in silence. So it's a practice. It's something that I have to practice. It's something that I have to make effort. So it's not prayer. It's not thinking. It's just sitting and being. And I found that sometimes it takes me an hour or two hours to quiet my mind. Wow. It is. Okay. So there's um, this book by Dallas Willard. Um, and he talks about just different disciplines and his book. Actually, I don't know which book it is. He has many books that I love. Um, let me see. I think that, so when you just talk about sitting and being, I mean, how can we start doing that though? You know, like we're, we're obviously a lot of us struggle even to find 30 minutes just to sit and be with ourselves or find time to rest in that sense. But I mean, it's amazing that you take six hours or take a day, but 
what's something practical that like what advice would you give you know the rest of us who are like just trying to find 10 minutes to you know find and just sit in like completion of our minds I mean how did you start what can we do because I really just love that you're talking about this because I think you know we don't do it enough so how yeah how can we start I would say with any building block to building a habit, it starts in seconds and minutes. So James Clear talks about building a habit takes two minutes. That's it. I would say start off with 10 seconds even. Um, the book that changed my life is this book called Letters by a Modern Mystic. And this guy was doing this kind of like experiment with can I pray every minute of every day and so he literally just tried that and so what he did was he started associating everything around him with God okay this is going to sound so cheesy but like water okay well mm -hmm. like I don't know Jesus is the way the truth and the life um, no one comes to the father except through me mm -hmm. something like that like just associating everything around him is something that he practiced like neurologically practiced so that his brain was physically wiring to associate with prayer. But for solitude, I would recommend when you're in a moment where you're like, oh, what do I do next? I'll just say, breathe and just quiet your mind, even if it's for one second, five mm -hmm. seconds. Five seconds turns into 10 seconds. 10 seconds turns into 30 seconds. 30 seconds turns into a minute. And then later on, you look back and you're like, I can just sit in silence for five minutes, but it's going to take effort and time. Mm -hmm. I think that's so good. You know, like you said, any building block starts with a habit or any building block and starting a habit starts with seconds and minutes. I think like that's so good because as all obviously high achieving, we're all high achievers. We all want to, we're looking for the next thing. What's the next thing? What's the next thing? Mm -hmm. But what about like starting little, like we are big dreamers. We want to create and do all these amazing things and like I we were I know we were praying before this and you had said you know God thank you for our dreams thank you for our dreams but also we need to maybe start thinking for thinking in for right now what about this exact moment starting and just like dialing it back because we're so fast-paced you know we're so so fast-paced and what about slowing down like we just forget we just forget and I think like this is such a good reminder that we just need to sit and slow down into seconds and minutes, slow your life down into seconds, right? So the whole uh, like conversation about rest is, I mean, initially you had asked me about how my faith plays into like my connection with people. Well, my mm -hmm. faith ties into everything that I do. Mm -hmm. um, and so even though it sounds very, my life sounds very intense and overwhelming, but it's just started with the small things because it's the small things that make the big things work. And so for an example, like stopping fully at a stop sign, you'll notice like everybody's trying to fight each other for who really stopped first. Um, and like a rule that I have is like stop fully at stop signs. And if somebody's rushing, let them go first, even though that's not a traffic rule. So if you are a traffic, if you're a police listening to this, like, it's just, it's just something that I just try to be aware of, you mm -hmm. know, but when we look at scripture and we look at rest and Sabbath, like he's the best God, like ever. Well, mm -hmm. technically speaking, he's the only God, mm -hmm. God. Um, but the reason why he, I find God so fascinating 
is because in Genesis, we find that he's the God who knows how to say enough. Mm. And the world around us doesn't know how to say enough. And so Saturday, I mean, Saturday is when I prep for my week and Sunday is when I fully do Sabbath. I don't do laundry. I don't clean my floors. I don't prep for the week. Like Sunday is rest because if God who designed the universe knew how to say that's enough, then I should probably do the same. Mm. I think we should just end right on that note. (laughs) That was amazing. I mean, I love that he's the God who knows how to say that's enough, but the world doesn't know how to say that's enough. Yeah. Mm. That's so moving. I mean, so today, this morning, actually, we had an event called Breakfast in Bibles, and we had a speaker, Laura Ashman, who was on this podcast before, and she had talked about, um, I don't remember the exact, I think it's obviously in Genesis, but God created the world in six days. He worked his butt off in six days. He worked so hard, did all these things, but the seventh day, he rested. And we were created on the sixth day. We were created into rest. And I just think he knew when to say on that sixth day, he said, that's enough. After he created man, he said, that's enough. But we, we want more and we want more and we want more. I'm going to do, 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 but right. We don't know how to say that's enough. Like we're done. Oh, that's such a good point. Wow. I think something that really like, like really is a profound thing that I think about a lot is Jesus's relationship with the father before he started his ministry. So Jesus was like 30 years old and very from the outside world, very unaccomplished. Mm -hmm. And before Jesus did anything like productive or essentially like, oh yeah, how did you start Mm -hmm. off your career? Like before any of that stuff happened, like the Lord was like, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And that was before he did anything profound. Um, And that just blows my mind because that's not what the world is telling me throughout my day. My world is constantly saying, not my world, but the world is saying, Mm -hmm. you're not enough. You'll never be enough. You're too young. You're a woman. You're too driven. You're too lazy. Mm -hmm. You're too slow. You're never enough in the world's rhetoric. Mm. That's so true. We, we, we try to be everything to everybody, but in reality, like we're a daughter, like we're a daughter of God. Like we are, and before anything, without all this external things we try to do, like we're just, we're a daughter. And like that is, and we're a sister and we're a friend. We're the things that really matter. We're not like everything that's like labels that get thrown on us. And uh, that's so, that's so interesting because that's so true. I mean, he was, Jesus was a son. He was a friend before he was like making all these miracles happen. I mean, he was a miracle in himself, but like, like you said, doing things that we would label as productive. Um, yeah. Oh, I think so I have weird. two final thoughts on this. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and as I say that, I lose my train of thought. <laughs> that tends to happen sometimes. Um, <laughs> I genuinely did lose them. So <laughs> I'm just back. that's okay. Well, oh, hey, I, I, did. I found them. Okay. Okay. Got it. Okay. So, um, wow. Welcome to the world of a creative. So, okay. So Dallas Willard says grace is opposed. Okay. Grace is not opposed to effort. 
but it is opposed to earning. That has been a challenging statement as an over and high achiever that I've had to work through for a long, long time. Um, but like Grace, like you and I, we're called to do good work, we're called to pursue our dreams, the call that we have on our life. Um, and at the end of the day, we don't have any, we don't have anything to prove. We only have one person to please. And that's God. Exactly. There's a Bible verse that really says something great about that, but now I'm not going to be able to say it. So it is what it is. But um, yeah, that's amazing. Really, we're, we are called to pursue our dreams and God wants us to have dreams. I think we forget that. And in all this, like he wants us to have dreams. He wants us to do all these amazing things because called, we're called to like spread joy and through our, our loves and our dreams. And, um, but also that's not where our worth is found. So um, I think that's so beautiful. And so Chris, I guess before we wrap up here, you've been so wonderful. And I just love all the things you, you're so uh, intentional about the words you use. And I just don't, so thankful to be able to have this conversation with you. Um, but before we wrap up, I want to know, I told you I was going to ask this, but what's your favorite, favorite Bible verse? And you said, mentioned one earlier, but what's your favorite one and why? Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's a fun question. I love fun questions. Um, yeah. And before we jump off, thank you for inviting me to come be a part of this conversation. This has been so fun. Um, I would say my, oh my gosh, Grace, one time I was asked this question at Bible camp and I like freaked out. Cause sometimes if I don't think <laughs> I freaked out and Googled it, I was like, what's a good verse, <laughs> but one of my like genuinely favorite verses is from Galatians. I think it's Galatians 5.1. I could be wrong about the reference, but it's, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. When we look at what God did through his son, Jesus, it is for freedom. It's not even for Jesus that he sent his son. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. And so that has taken me on a journey of pursuing, okay, what is true freedom? The world says freedom is you can do whatever you want, but then biblical freedom is pursuing God's good design. How did he actually create this world? How do we work and operate as humans? And I think that also ties into um, whenever I'm picking what my best yes is, I always ask, like, is this a freeing thing? Am I walking in freedom? Because if I'm not walking in freedom, then I'm walking, well, I'm walking in slavery. And that next verse says, like, we're not designed to live in slavery. And I think when we look at our world, we have inequality. We have a lot of slavery, modern day slavery. Um, and I'm not called to that. I think that is so amazing. And I, I, you know, freedom, right. Like we have this idea of freedom, that freedom is like freedom from all these different things, but really like true freedom is freedom like with God. And I think that that's a really good reflection question. So I would just ask everyone listening to this podcast is like, what's your idea of freedom? And is it, is it, is it with God? Where are you finding this? that this idea that you have. And I would say, I love what you just added when you're, what your best yes is, is asking yourself, is this a freeing thing? 
Um, so I would just challenge everyone listening to think about, yeah, is this something freeing when you're making a decision? And what does that mean? Um, but thank you so much, Carissa. This has been so wonderful. Um, and I would just ask everyone listening, we, we at the Burnout Prevention Project and everything we're doing, we're really um, trying to build in faith as through this podcast and through the events we're putting on. And so I would like to just challenge you guys to check out what we're doing. We are hosting some faith-based events. Uh, we have a lot going on and everything's included in the show notes. And I'll also put a link to get connected with Carissa in the show notes. So you guys can just learn more about her, uh, learn more about her journey, connect with her. Uh, and yeah, maybe just get some insights. So um, thank you all for listening and thank you for being here, Carissa. And yeah, we'll all be together again soon. Thank you, Grace. Bye. Yep. Bye.